the truth. Bingo! You are now listening to the facts. Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains. I'm Jules Schmitz, accompanied by James Jackson, Jake Galley, and crunching numbers in the back, we got Stat Matt. This past week in sports, the Rams trade Pro Bowl cornerback Marcus Peters to the Ravens, and the Jags trade All-Pro cornerback Jalen Ramsey to the Rams. Anquan Bolden officially announces his retirement as a Raven. He goes down in NFL history as ninth all-time in catches and 14th all-time in receiving yards. Cristiano Ronaldo scores his 700th career goal. Holy smokes. And in international friendly versus Ukraine. Whatever. Messi's still a goat. Messi won his fifth. It's a nuts number, though. Messi won his fifth golden shoe yesterday. Shout out, Messi. Six, wasn't it? Something like that. Something like that. The Washington Mystics won their first WNBA championship, beating the Connecticut Sun 3-2. Shout out University of Delaware. You did. Yeah. Good for her. Here's a fact straight at you. Despite facing the six most routes this year, Jalen Ramsey has a 0% burn rate this year. Burn rate is defined as percent of targets where the assigned DB allows the receiver to get five or more yards of separation. Will Ramsey put the Rams over the top? Uh, I think that's yet to be seen. Let me just comment. That is ridiculous. Yeah. How has he not let, like, if you just, like, misstep Someone can get five yards, especially on you. with the res- the speed of receivers that he's having to cover. He's having to cover he's the best the, receiver. He's the number one guy yeah. every time. That's, that's Julio. That's D Hop. That's A B. That's Devonte Adams. These are guys with world class speed, and he doesn't lose a step at all. And I, I was actually arguing with my dad last night because someone called him Deion Sanders ish, and of course, when you say that to old heads, it's like calling someone Michael Jordan ish, right. and just automatically shut it down. And my dad automatically shut it down. Oh, I cannot believe they just said that. No one's Deion ish, and I said, uh. You might have to look at this man, Jalen Ramsey. Well, they got it done in different ways. I mean, in in the in the pure numbers and his impact, yeah, you could probably say like you put that guy on one side of the field and that side of the field is it's now done. Down. It's, it's done. Down. You can forget about it. Yeah. Um, but I think Ramsey's a little bit more physical. Uh, where Dion was really super predicated on speed. Dion would purposely. He's the one who pretty much invented baiting a quarterback. Yeah. He'd purposely get a step behind because he knew he could make it up, but. That's Dion, not Jalen. Right. So let's dig into this Jalen Ramsey trade a little bit because the Rams, first off, it was like not even talked about that they shipped off Marcus Peters for essentially a bag of peanuts from mm-hmm. the Ravens, um, Kenny Young and a 21 or 24th round pick or something like fifth round pick. one out of nowhere. And it, when it happened, when they sent him to the Ravens, everyone was kind of like, Look, this doesn't really make sense. Why? That that didn't really make sense. And then four hours later, you're like, ah. Yeah, so that they, made sense. they ended up giving up for Jalen Ramsey a 2020 first-round pick, a 2021 first-round pick, and a 2021 fourth-round pick. Uh, and obviously, in exchange, like I said, got Jalen Ramsey. It's very reminiscent to the Khalil Mack trade, mm-hmm. which is, I think, two firsts and a third. Um, it's a little bit, I mean, obviously, he makes them better. When you get a player of that caliber, he's going to make your team better. But I just, I, like, why not you use half of that value, keep Marcus Peters, and instead trade for Trent Williams, who wants out of Washington? Because right now, Jared Goff has no time to throw at all. The problem really hasn't been the defense. And when you have a defensive line with Aaron Donald in the middle of it, um, you know, you don't really always need the best cornerbacks because the quarterback's not getting a ton of time to throw. No, but they're still... 
they're still getting numbers put up on them. That's and I true. Think, and I think that is kind of what's been the head-scratcher of this Rams team is if you look down it, look at the stars that they have on this defense. You know, besides Aaron Donald, you got Dante Fowler, Clay Matthews, Akeem DeLeed, Marcus Peters, and now Jalen Ramsey, Eric Weddle. Like, there is... Pro bowlers all up and down this defense, yet a team like the Buccaneers puts up 50 points against them. They get 30 points on them the game after. Like, it's it was just weird, and I think you needed someone who was definitively, I guess besides Aaron Donald, like the best at his position and to lock down the DBs that they had, and Jalen Ramsey well, does Jaylen that. Jalen Ramsey has been very open since the beginning of this season. He was looking for a change, and the mm-hmm. fact that he was open to a trade kind of shows he's open to no- negotiation to a degree, right? So from the Rams' standpoint, it's a very pick-your-poison mentality on either investing money in a sole player or building up your O-line, right? Exactly what you guys are saying. Also, I think it was almost a key puzzle piece acquiring him after releasing Marcus Peters because he adds such a competitive edge with his size and athleticism. Yeah, so that, it's like, like, you go from a small cornerback, it's a very good point, you go from a small cornerback in Marcus Peters to essentially a guy who is just hands away from being a receiver in the NFL with 6'2", right. 6'3", stature. He could really play safety for you if you mm-hmm. need him to as well. Um, you know, it's funny you mentioned about... Ramsey wanting a big deal, he's probably going to, I would have to assume the Rams are going to give it to him. And when you look at, if they were to make him the highest paid corner next year, that that bills at about $19.5 million per year. If they were to give him $19.5 million per year, that means the Rams will be spending $105.5 million on five players. Five players. Which means, what's their salary cap? 188 it is this year. So it means they have, what, 70 mil to go spend? About 75 mil to go uh, fill out, like, 48, 48 other players. players. Yeah. Which, and it's not like you're going to have guys. It's not like you don't have guys who, coming up soon, are going to want big contracts. Cooper Cup's going to want something coming up soon. Right. Even the way Robert Woods has been playing, he might want something soon. Like, you got players that you're going to have to you're going to have to pay. And in the same vein, you're going to have players that you can't re-sign. Dante Fowler's going to have to go. Like players are right, yeah, he's probably done after this year with them. Um, and, and usually in a situation like this, you know, you look for value in young guys. You would mm-hmm. draft guys, but they don't have a first round pick until twenty twenty two. So it's not like you're going to get the top talent coming out of the draft. That doesn't mean you can't get a good player, but it just becomes harder now. I, I think their window is very short if they are going to give him this big money. That's why they went all in on him. That's what put your chips and in. I, it's, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say this hot take. I've been on. You know, record saying this before, don't be surprised if they move Jared Goff. Just don't be surprised. After giving him $100 million? Yes, after giving him $100 million. And, and taking a young quarterback for lesser money. Like, could you, would Washington do it if they had, like, the sixth, sixth, fifth pick, something like that, and you trade Jared Goff for, like, the fifth pick and just pick a quarterback, and now you kind of restart that cycle all over again? That's a solution. I get like that's that is risky. It's like, out there. Oh, like, it, it, oh it, my god! It, it's out there. Yeah. No, no. There's no doubt about it. And like I said, I don't think they should have ever given him the contract to begin with. But we'll see if if he succeeds this year, he'll be the quarterback they going forward. For could, oh yeah, true. Nick Foles as well. Just like bring that comes all up, of Jacksonville over all of them. I feel like that comes up once every other episode. Just like yeah, this team could trade for Nick Foles if they wanted to. Like <laughs> that's just depends if the Jaguars like Gardner Minshew. And I think. Like it's, I think what Jalen Ramsey also brings besides his skill skill set is like that real competitive edge, that real like you, you know, you never want to be overly cocky, but he's got that confidence to him that kind of disseminates out through a whole team. You bring him in, and he knows he's the best player on the defensive side of the football, and now you have him, the best cornerback, and Aaron Donald, the best interior lineback, the best interior lineman, and now you have that 
that, that swagger about you. And I right. think the Rams are always missing that edge. The Rams are, are a very good team on paper, but they get bullied. They get like they get smacked around. They get pushed around. <laughs> and I think you need more people who could come in and not let that happen to your teams, to your locker room. And Jalen Ramsey is one of those guys who's just not going to take it from the other team. So Ramsey, to me, when I think of Jalen Ramsey, I think of him as a businessman. I say this because the Jags told Ramsey at the beginning of the season they they were not going to offer that contract extension to him. Therefore, in Jalen's mind and any other talented player in the NFL was probably thinking, okay, I'm one foot in, one foot out now because these guys don't find me valuable anymore. I need to have my own back. Mm. In the end, this is all business, and I think Jalen realized he is in the position to broker off his talent to, to an extent, which ultimately caused some conflict between him and management heads and management just didn't want to deal with the situation anymore and they got what they wanted they got rid of him he moved on to another team i think he's going to be a really good fit in uh la even when he didn't want to play for jacksonville the game after he said he went out he went out and had one of the best games of the season had had zero catches against him had like eight targets against him zero catches two pass breakups like he's been quote-unquote injured for the past couple weeks but i'm sure we'll see him uh be totally fine and bounce back from was that. it one of them like he had like a stomach bug? Like he, so, well, there's a whole bunch of different. Oh, my back hurts. My right, I'm sick. I got my kid who's being born, which is probably a legit excuse. But either yeah, way, you're a dick for that. He was making sure that he did not play for the Jaguars, <laughs> yeah. which is, is smart. But it makes sense that this trade makes makes perfect sense for the Rams. I mean, last year they were 20th in the NFL in in defensive DVOA, um, even with making it to the Super Bowl. Um, and now with you know obviously with that trade that helps that and look Wade Phillips is a is a defensive mastermind so you put all this together and it's going really good the last two Super Bowls he's been a defensive coordinator and the opposing QBs have combined for a 51% completion percentage mm. 6 yards per attempt zero touchdowns and two interceptions uh let's not forget one of those was Tom Brady so like that's not he's not easy quarterbacks that he's doing it against you give him someone like Jalen Ramsey to build a scheme around and now if you watch the Rams defense previous they had two very good cornerbacks. Marcus Peters, an elite quarterback, and Aqib Tlaib, I think would be one of the best second cornerbacks on any team in the NFL. But they didn't move with receivers. They stayed on their side, and whatever receiver came in front of them, they they covered. Jalen Ramsey legit shadows the number one receiver, and you move him all over the field. You can agree that Jalen Ramsey is a top three. He's the He's best. Number one. Right. Yeah. If not number one, therefore, Look. you know, I think it because they're not going to pull out a top three out of the draft. So absolutely, it was the right. You usually you get cheaper contracts from the draft. You do, and, and that's what I was saying is that when but you're a better but that's team, a, like that is a shot in the dark to right. hope that you're going to get a Jalen Ramsey. And there are there are really good defensive backs coming out of the draft, but to, to think you're going to get a Jalen Ramsey out of the draft. The is NFL not. is not the NBA, though. This is this is what this is my last final thought on this. It's not the NBA. It's not like where oh I can get that I'm one guy away. Let me yeah. get one guy and put him in. Usually, on the field. There's too many people on the right. There's 11 guys on your team on the field at one time, and usually your problems are more complex than just let me get the best guy at this position, throw him in, and problem is solved. I, I guess we'll, we'll have to wait and see and, and see. I mean, they're going to be good. Look, you got a ton of talent, as we've been saying, all across that defense, but I just think their problems run a little bit deeper. But I guess, I guess we're going to have Look, to see. But does this really change much of the really like, it's funny how we're talking about such an upgraded Jalen Ramsey but they had good corners before does this really change the the Rams or even the power structure in the NFC West like does this put him ahead of San Francisco does I this put him ahead of, of Seattle a good leader as well I think uh, and I know they're kind of testing the waters with this now too but trading those guys I, I think this guy has a very entitled mindset like we, mm-hmm. we said at the beginning here and I think that comes with a lot of 
uh, it's authority proven, in yeah. his mind, and yeah. he thinks he can boss people yeah. around, which which not it's not always a bad thing. Being a leader you know? is great until yeah. you're lined up against the 49ers who are on their 47th run play, smashing you into the dirt. Um, Lucky for him, he doesn't have to do much on run plays. Right, and he's good yeah. tackling corner, Until too. it comes to the outside, and you're yeah. staring at he's, some huge... White dude barreling down he's on a, you. He's look infinite he, over there. But there's a little bit of a difference that Jalen Ramsey's coming from. He's coming from having to deal with Marcus Mariota, <clears throat> Jacoby Brissett, um, and quarterbacks down there in AFC That's South, true. to now dealing with Jimmy Garoppolo and Russell Wilson. It's probably one of the better Kyler quarterback uh, divisions the out there. The worst quarterback is Kyler Murray, who you got to contend right. with on. I think PFF has him ranked like 15th. Yeah, too. come so on. Like, I mean, that's really not that bad, especially in his rookie year. But it'll be interesting. I still favor San Francisco over them. I just think they're a more complete football team. And, like, that's what you talk about, like, where one guy just doesn't change the landscape that much, um, unlike other sports. So, I don't know. Injuries can still happen. Uh, the San Fran's getting bang- more and more banged up every week. So, who knows? Uh, but I-, I still like San Francisco. All right. The Rams come in at 15th in DVOA. Stat Matt's favorite stat with a 25.6% chance of making the playoffs. I got to think Jalen Ramsey ups that just a little bit. Yeah, maybe. I mean, uh, I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I can't see it really helping them in the divisional race. I just, it, it's not like, like when you look at what the Niners did to them, it's not like they were passing the ball up and down the field. Um, and I know that there's a lot of different things that go, Matt, what exactly goes into DVOA? It's a play-by-play breakdown of how much better or worse you are on any, on particular place so a good example would be like it values a three yard run on third and two better than a three yard run on first and ten because it's more important right so that i mean that that takes into it it puts a lot of context around stuff i like that it's a contextual stat so um right one it says one four times they make the playoffs i i gotta agree i think maybe ramsey does help them at least in terms of trying to get a wild card well, it's about that time of year. We're hitting NBA time. Woo! So excited. <laughs> the last four NBA titles were decided by off-season acquisitions. Mm. The 2016 Cavs with LeBron. Boo! Mm. The 2017 and 2018 Warriors with KD. Boo. And the 2019 Raptors with Kawhi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, whatever. No problem with that, right? <laughs> Which acquisition this off-season is most likely to win a team a title? Most likely? Uh, I mean, most likely you're gonna have I to mean, say. I mean, it's probably Kawhi, it's probably and, PG, Kawhi right? and PG. Either one of them you could LA, say. Right. I don't know though. I I think <laughs> you're gonna hate me for this. Don't say Al Horford. <laughs> God. <laughs> no, don't say right, Al let's, Horford. Let's, 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 Please don't say Al Horford. Let's talk through it. What were the six? And and maybe not winning it. Let's just look at it through the lens of getting there. First off, the East is softer than we're the West. We're back to this. We know this. Remember, remember, <laughs> in the first, this. remember in the first couple of ex- episodes where everything magically heats No, because, dude, the Sixers are the favorites in the East, whether I'm a Sixers fan or not. Go ahead. What were the Sixers' issues last year in the playoffs and maybe even the year before that? Okay. Um, defensive stretches, uh, defensive guard play, turning ball over late in situations, not having a go-to bucket getter in the end. Okay. What I would point to is that Embiid has absolutely What's the biggest one? No backup. The Sixers were plus 90 with Embiid on the court against the Raptors. And no backup for Embiid. No backup for Embiid. That so, is I mean, and on top of that, and you kind of alluded to it, is that they don't have that maturity in late-game situations. Al Horford checks a lot of those boxes, and not only that, 
He now unchecks the box of Embiid stopper from the number one rival and possibly a team that the Sixers might see in the postseason. That's the biggest thing. In the Celtics. That's the They're biggest right. thing. It's up there. So I just think that when you look at what he brings, whether it's the veteran presence, whether it's the backup big minutes, I mean, he's definitely not the best. In fact, out of all the players listed here, he probably is the quote-unquote worst or not. The individually, yeah. Individually, individually out of all these guys, but it's the intangibles that he brings that kind of evens out the playing field. And when you look at the contender of a team that he's on, I, I don't know. I, I think that Kawhi and PG, yeah, they're better players. Yeah, they're going to mean probably more to their team. But in terms of swaying... In terms swaying, of sewing up the holes right, that, that up the what holes. To, to put a team... Like, the Clippers weren't a team that needed holes to be sewn up to put them from, you know... To, to put them over the hill of now we're contenders, now. right? Yeah. Now now we went from contenders to being stamped to legit title favorites. The Sixers just needed a couple holes sold up, and you're right. Al Horford does that. So I, I will, I'll back off a little bit. I'll back up off a little bit. But, but I was looking at it in context. We have KP, Jimmy Butler, AD, Kawhi and PG, Russ, and the first person you said was Al Horford. So just maybe put yourself, a little bit of the bias. Yeah, yeah, maybe put put, put yourself in my shoes real quick. We had all these <laughs> changes, and the first person you went to was Al Horford. Right. Well, I mean, here's the thing is that they're all going to have to be going up against each other except for Al Horford, and I guess Jimmy Butler he'll have to go up against. But Keep I don't in really... mind, he had a lot of knee issues last year. So I don't – I'm anxious to see how many games he's – actually participates in right and it's like longevity is, is something that's her especially if going down the season the same trend we see with Embiid like his minutes are going to have to get right. up he's if, a big boy if, I mean if, pretty if much all these guys they're all AD big had they're injury big issues PG had a shoulder issue Kawhi had a quad issue Porzingis obviously with the ACL so like these guys are all kind of tainted goods a little bit but yeah but the guy you didn't name who isn't tainted <laughs> goods the guy you no one in this room wants to succeed Mr. Jimmy Butler, I think he's going to do wonders down there for the Heat. Uh, I think he's a, he's a clear upgrade at that guard position, obviously, over Josh Richardson. And he gives him that, like, that go-to, that alpha, that leader. He's already shown it with the 3 a.m. workouts that the Heat have really been missing since LeBron left. And I have, like, such mixed emotions about this entire situation. I roll my eyes at the whole thing. Yeah, Why? Because I'm a Marquette advocate. I had my granny popper from Wisconsin. They I went to Marquette. Shout out Marquette. Uh, I, he was on the Sixers for a little bit. He did what he needed to do here. But then he peaced, and now he's with one of my most hated teams. So it's like I have so, but so many mixed good. emotions. But he's good. I know. But since, not 20, good. since the 2014 season, Butler has averaged at least 20 points per game every season uh, that he was the undisputed go-to player. Uh, only averaged 18 points with the Sixers because he was the secondary option sometimes the third option on offense now that he's back at the first option and he has no one to really share the ball with really he's the undisputed go-to man in that offense i think he the miami heat take a leap and miami heat have a great support system around him like they they really do have an underrated group of young talent around him that are really is going to help jimmy butler a lot i just don't like maybe they'll make the playoffs but i just can't see him going too far i mean butler what i will give him credit from his time in the sixers and really getting to analyze him and see him play a lot of games uh, and learn the nuances of him is that that dude is a I don't care what the situation is I'm going to pull us out I'm going to be the guy who does it like that is commendable he has that kind of Kobe-esque dog give me the ball I'm putting it in the hoop at the end of the game type guy in him um, and they I, got grinders down there they, they got do. grinders down there in Miami. All, and they are a tough like year in year out they're a physically tough team to get past but I just don't know if they'll have the talent to kind of mess with the Bucks, the Sixers even the Nets at, I mean who, who knows what they'll do with just Kyrie at the helm this year, but I don't but know. You don't think the Heat contend for a six-seven seed in the playoffs? 
Oh no, 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 no! I, I do think there'll be like a later, and maybe they even will upset. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I just can't project them going deep into the playoffs based on, like, they outside of Jimmy Butler. Maybe they have Tyler Hero, who we'll uh, touch on a little later. Um, but I, I just beyond that, I, oh, I don't. Justice Winslow has been playing great. Bam out of bio, like, who played good last year. I do like Bam. Year. I like Bam, but like wait, Derek man. Jones Jr. who played oh, well on, last like, year. See now, now we're Shout getting out into Philly. Like, guy, I like Derek Jones, uh, PJ or Carroll guy, right? Yep. So I, I mean, look, they'll they'll be an all right team, but they're not going to be winning any title this year. Okay, a team who is going to be looking to win the title now with Matt. What did you just drop here? <laughs> <laughs> drop here in the script. People who watch Al Horford highlights, he got logic up in there, because it's logic. I mean, uh, I will like go on, like obviously I've been notably saying. I think our first episode, I, I said that Al Horford has the game of a janitor. I equated his game to like the janitor's <laughs> yeah, game. Yeah, you were like, heinous. The faculty staff. You were heinous against game. the man. But uh, I love him now. He's on the Sixers, so you know what. Uh, that's all in the past, but uh, a guy who I think is going to be the most exciting. I don't think he's going to be able to contend in terms of, and their team's going to be able to contend in terms of titles, but Kristaps Porzingis. I'm actually really excited. Paired with Luka Doncic. Yeah, that's a really dude. good matchup. They've already shown, like, great chemistry with each other. Um, and people after like, people love to forget that when before KP went out with his ACL injury, he was bl- blossoming into one of the, if not the best power forward in the NBA. Um, a great outside game, great handles in the open court, uh, a willingness to pass from the low post too. Like Kristaps Porzingis can make a lot of things happen, and we know how well the Mavs do with big stretch four guys, especially them European guys. They can, I mean, Rick Carlisle and Mark Cuban already turned one into a, a first ballot Hall of Famer. So let's see what they can do with Kristaps and pairing him with Luca right, as well. And the, and the advanced stats hate him. He has a lower win share per 40, per 48 than Thaddeus Young uh, in the last season that he played with the Knicks. Um, I don't read too much of that. I, I'm like, I'm not a huge eye test guy either, but like, you just watch that guy. He does things that people his height aren't supposed to be able to do. Mm-hmm. And um, because he's so young, I think he'll be able to improve his game. Right, the Knicks stunk as well. Yeah, and the, I mean, it's not like the, it's not what you just said. It's not like the Mavs are blowing anybody out of the water. It's not like the Mavs are, you know, sixty plus game winners. But right, not Mavs, this year at least. Maybe not this future. year, but the Mavs are a very good team, yep. and I think they're gonna be very good. I'm really interested to see. Well, I go back and forth on Anthony Davis. I go back and forth on him on how good he's actually going to be with the Lakers. I think he has a chance to be the best teammate LeBron's ever had, and that's saying a lot. Since he had you know Dwayne Wade and Kyrie Irving. But I think he has the chance to, because he comes in, uh, you know, with with coming off coming off that injury, he comes back to a brand new role on a brand new team, and he comes back with a defensive mentality. And I think that's not something that many teammates of LeBron came in with. It's starting on the defensive end. He wants to be defensive player of the year and wants the Lakers to be the best. Defensive I really team in the like NBA. him not to fall into the spell of LeBron. Yeah. What do I mean by this? Inviting him over for Taco Tuesday, All being right. BFF with him. This time. I get <laughs> he wants to. I think it's important to collaborate with your teammates. You look at our Sixers, go paintballing together. That's great, great. I think LeBron has the ability to psychologically fuck people if he wants to. I, I think he does. Him and Rich Paul, court. and listen, they're, they're signed to the same, you know, Rich Paul manages both of them, and they've came out and said, we want AD to be the number one guy. If LeBron has said this, I, I want point, exactly. I want AD to shine brighter. 
And well, I think he has and a another and a, a, a reason that this is a huge year for the Lakers. People don't really want to read into it. Oh, they got AD. We'll see what happens. No, no, no. You have to prove to AD that he can be the face of the franchise, not mm-hmm. LeBron, him. Right. He can be the face of the franchise because he's still not committed here long term. Right. They could still go exactly. to New York in the in the drop of a hat. So this is a big year for L.A. Yeah, you have to prove that L.A. is a place that you want to stay long term. You also have to prove that you can play with LeBron without being overshadowed. I think this is a huge year for LeBron to prove that, that I can play with you without overshadowing you, without taking the narrative completely from you. Just because you had success doesn't mean it was all because of me. You know what I mean? It's because you're a great player and we play well together. And I think this is kind of one of the first times in LeBron's career that he's very aware of that that he's very aware of, it's not supposed to be all about me this time. We have another great superstar, and I want him to get just as much shine as me. You know he's going to have to step back for the greater good. Of right. the- Think about it. When right. LeBron went to Miami, it was personal. I need rings. I need my legacy to bolster, and I need Dwayne Wade to help me do that. He did that. When he went back to Cleveland, I want to get the Cavaliers a ring. I want to bring a, a championship to Cleveland. And he helped, And Kyrie and Caleb helped him Remember, do that. It was LeBron's idea for Kyrie to shoot the game when he shot against the Warriors. He knows when to shy away when it's on the line. You know what I mean? And now he makes the right basketball play. We, we, I'm not going to go back in an argument. He makes the right basketball decision pretty much every single time. Nowadays, uh, he can give two shits if, if if he's the number one guy. Is no, I think he, yeah, to, he so. needs he needs rings. He needs he needs wins, and that's pretty much all that he's worried about. Well, I mean, with all these players switching teams, I feel like the fan bases have changed as well. What do you guys think now as far as fan bases and teams being the most annoying in the league? Uh, I know I mine. Mean, you guys I got go a first couple. Uh, so I think there's a hotbed of annoying fans popping up in the uh, northeastern seaboard here. <laughs> so the, the New York, the New York Knicks, metropolitan the New York area. area is just spewing molten shittiness from their fan base. Uh, Brooklyn has burgeoned into one of the more annoying fan bases out there with their I disagree I, no, I disagree su- with you with I, look, that. when when you don't have to grind when you have to go when you don't have to go through anything and your team just gets good you're immediately annoying. Whoa, time out. They didn't have to grind for that six seed last year. They didn't have to come back and inch their way into the playoffs. But it's a different D-Lo? team. No, it's a totally different team. That's where they got this confidence from. It's where they got this boisterousness from. They yeah. had to if grind they, for it. They grind for everything one, last year. If they had added only KD, maybe, okay, like, yeah, this is kind of the same semblance You're of a team. They totally deconstructed their team and just like, oh, let's bring in these superstars. Like every other team in the NBA did? Why, nah. don't we, why are you why The Sixers are homegrown. Why are you chatting? Al Horford. Boston's homegrown. Al Horford, Josh Richardson, Tobias Harris, they all came from the Sixers? Well, they all came from assets that they didn't. They weren't signed in free agency, is my point. I mean, Al Horford was. Tobias Harris was traded for. And Josh Richardson also was. So what's yours? Mine, actually, yeah. is this is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface this, compl- comes completely from being salty. Houston Rockets fans. I mean that's just insane. It's like really <laughs> At least you're insane owning your you shit and being accountable. Yeah, they're, look, they're because they're acting like there's no flaw between Russ and James Harden coming on the same team together. They act like it's just going to be a perfect marriage just because they're all happy and smiling in preseason and they dance with each other on the bench. So it's it's just all happy and it's a match made in heaven. You. I agree. You know what I mean? Like they're it's purposely like not looking at. The fact that these two are very ball dominant and going, you know, getting down the stretch, it's going to be hard for them to back off of each and other. One of them can't shoot. Was, you know what I mean? So, like, it's not all perfect. It's not all match made in heaven. And just Houston Rockets fans. And what is really annoying is when you see it, like, on social media, on Twitter, and everything, when Russ and James Harden do the most simplest of things. 
It's like, oh man, look at these two. They're just 82 and no. Right. Look, simple pick and roll. Oh man, like, they are crazy. It's like James Wazong Lions they, or whoever. They, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yo, they're going to be a problem James, this year. It's like, James dude. Harden and Russ both tie their, their shoes at the same time. Oh man, look at the chemistry <laughs> that these two have established. They're just uh, far and away the best. But a fan base who has really always kind of annoyed me is the Utah Jazz fan base. Mm. Um, the fact that they won, the, they don't know how to act. Like, New York Knicks fans, they just don't know how to act. Touching players, throwing stuff at players, calling players racist things. Even one of their own players, Donovan Mitchell, has said that he gets racial slurs said at him during games. Um, like, that's just mad annoying to me. Like, it's when fans act like... Like, I'm representing your city. Yeah, and and they act like players on the court aren't human beings. It's right. like, I, I am entitled to like say whatever objects. I want to you, yeah, because I'm paying for you to entertain me. Entertain me, dance for me, puppet, while you're out in the court. No, that's not how it is at all. And I think it's funny, because what have the Utah Jazz ever won for them to think that? Right, and they had a really good take. I mean, even with Malone, who, by the way, is a despicable human, and they still love Carl Malone. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, they're pretty annoying. They're, they're even beyond annoying. Like, that's why I didn't include Boston. Like, if you're racist to your own players, like, you're despicable. You're not annoying. There's a different level to it, in right. my opinion. Annoying but. is like, you just rub me the wrong way. You don't do anything really harmful. So that's like harmful stuff. So rubs me the wrong way Go ahead. are, hands down, LA Lakers. They're fans. And that's not becoming at all the fans, but a handful of the fans are known for their riding. Whether it be bad or good, things happening out that way they're just far too dramatic for me it's i'm hollywood. sorry it's hollywood I, exactly it's that hollywood environment i'm sorry i'm a hard ass for the northeast go sixers i mean i get i get it like i just want to say there's a distinction between kobe fans and laker fans the are, kobe fans is, are worse than kobe laker fans, fans are the most annoying breed of fans they really out are there. they really are yeah. maybe we should include them in there kobe fans take, kobe fans there you go kobe they're fans not new though <laughs> it's not the newest they've always been annoying all LeBron fans, I feel like we're pretty annoying. If you're a Lakers fan listening, you want to know if you're a Lakers fan or a Kobe fan. If you like Shaq, you're a Lakers fan. Right. <laughs> you're a fan. That's there very you true. That's very true. Speaking of LeBron, uh, huge in the media right now between a little bit of controversy between himself and Daryl Morey, who is the Rockets GM. Uh, we are going to tread lightly on this subject just because we do understand that it is a, a touchy subject for a mm, lot of people. So, guys, if yeah. you want to take it away. Um... I mean, look, there is a there there's a lot going on here between, you know, the whole situation of Daryl Morey's tweet, LeBron's comments during the press conference and then after the fact of the press conference. Um, and I, I all I wanted to say on the matter is um, it, it's tough being a huge LeBron stand. Both a, of us. A LeBron. Yeah. yeah. A LeBron supporter, as we both are. It's very tough to see him in this situation um, because on one hand, I, I do acknowledge the fact that he was a little bit hypocritical and did contradict himself. LeBron prides himself on being, quote-unquote, more than athlete, which is he's branded himself as, has a whole, you know, million-dollar clothing line associated to it. And up until his point has, you know, upheld that mantra of himself and being very outspoken on issues that don't just touch upon basketball. Um, and then this instance, he had a chance to do it again and respectively declined the opportunity to further comment on it past Daryl Morey's comments. Uh, with that being said, I don't think he was necessarily wrong in what he said about Daryl Morey. He said he does, he didn't think Daryl Morey was educated on the matter and then spoke upon it and then further elaborated and said that he wished that Daryl Morey would have waited a week to tweet what he tweeted because at the time, two NBA teams were still in China, the Lakers being one of them. 
And you just don't know the ramifications of a tweet like that when you're in a place like China with everything going on right now to potentially harm two NBA franchises, you know, two teams that are within your association still over in that country. He just didn't think Daryl Morey, you know, thought about the full scope of that. So I don't think he was wrong in that, but I do acknowledge that LeBron was a little bit hypocritical in what he said, and I hope, I do hope that he breaks his silence eventually, which LeBron has been known to do. Um, yeah, and I think it did come off a little hypocritical, and, you know, LeBron, his entire career has been great with uh, social activism, but I, I think this matter in particular, um, and I go back to, I produce a morning show for Radio.com We when this whole thing was just kicking off. Uh, they brought on a Washington Post journalist who has really studied on the matter, and you know, they asked him, is the NBA hypocritical for the way that they're handling this? And he's like, to assume that the NBA is liberal because of the stuff that they've said is false. The NBA is whatever helps their bottom line. Yeah, true. And that is true for a business, right? A business doesn't really have politics or ethics. You don't be partisan it, but for a business, uh, yeah. Or in terms of politics. But I didn't think that was the case for LeBron. I think this situation proved that there's a line in the sand that he will draw where he stands to lose a lot of money if he were to speak out um, in favor of the people who are being, uh, you know, uh, oppressed in Hong Kong um, and are protesting right now. But LeBron James, just like the NBA, has a bottom line. He was saying whatever it took to protect that bottom line. Personally, I can't blame him. I just wish that he went about it a a little bit differently. Maybe say no comment and just... Keep it pushing. I know they're going to get on him regardless if he does that. But, but didn't he kind of say no comment in a, in a much more long-winded and political way? He basically said, not basically, he said there are certain matters that politicians handle. I am not a politician. Politicians should handle that. So he basically did say, beside, after the Daryl Moore thing, he basically said, I'm not going to comment on it. Like I'm not going to say anything about what's going on in China. That's not So this is the problem expertise. I have with that. Just, Nobody's holding a gun to your head saying that, because, okay, um, I'm not a politician. Okay, zip, zap, throw the key away. Um, you don't need to speak after that. Nobody's holding a knife to your throat. That's the issue I have. LeBron James has to change the way he approaches things. Daryl Morey essentially stated, hey, look, I stand with the people that are being oppressed in Hong Kong by the Chinese government. I pulled up a stat that nearly 1.6 million people die in China each year. Now, that includes disease, pollution, being shot down in the streets, etc. But that all resorts back to how the government is currently handling things over there. I want to be very clear here. I respect LeBron James' freedom of speech. However, how misinformed LeBron James came off the other night completely contradicted his entire activist movement, which you guys just stated. Yeah. Right. The more than an athlete thing is really going to be a tough, uh, a tough pivot. Cut, yeah, a tough pivot to return to after all of this. Um, I don't know. I just think he he did a good job of later in later. So he said this to the press and then later kind of put out more tweets to clarify the initial thing that had really bad feedback and and really put him in a hole with the media is when he said, um, "I believe he wasn't educated on the situation at hand and he spoke." That kind of comes off like. Oh, he didn't really understand what was going on with the protests. He, if he really did understand, he would know that China isn't like doing anything. That's kind of how it came off, and then he he eventually corrected it. So right, and what know, and he corrected it by saying what he meant by that is saying he. I don't think Daryl Morey was really worried or, or really knew about the ramifications of his tweet or what his tweet could have of still U.S. citizens and NBA players still being in China. And look, LeBron is damned if he did, damned if he didn't. 
You know what I mean? What what do you want him to do? Go on a whole escapade and go on a whole rant about what's going on in China and now swing the narrative from the upcoming NBA season, which he's currently trying to win a championship in, which tips off in seven days, to now it being about his comments about China? LeBron's got things to worry about. He's got a business to run. He's got movies that are going to launch in China. He's got kids to put through school. He's got a whole NBA season upcoming and to worry about like LeBron's got things to do yeah. that don't center around and him engaging in foreign affairs I like I'm sorry say, yeah. I think he has a line and it's good that he does a lot of good but it just needs to be said that he has a line he has a line but doesn't everybody doesn't everybody have a line there's only certain people in the world who don't have a line and don't have a filter that's when you don't have that much to lose <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah like, like, you can't brand yourself as or I don't, I'm not even saying he's doing it but People shouldn't brand him as Muhammad Ali anymore when he clearly his line is way before where right. Muhammad Ali. Well, was. this right. will, I, in my opinion, and, he's and, still better. And than, this is he's uh, done so much for so many people. He's better than ninety-five. That's what I'm athletes. saying. For for people to look Which at is this why one, it's a little disappointing. Though. It is a little disappointing, and I, I started yeah. with that as a little yeah. disappointing. But for people to take this isolated incident and say you can't call yourself more than an athlete anymore after this is ridiculous. That that this one incident doesn't take away from all the charitable things. My man is sending people to school for. For Christ's sake. Right. Like, my man As is opening right. a whole school, whole school, giving people jobs. Like, like this is doing so much for his community. So the fact that you people say you can't brand yourself as more than an athlete after this non-comment is ludicrous to me. And look, I'm speaking right to the camera when I say this. There's a lot of people out there, quote-unquote LeBron haters, who acted upset when LeBron did this. When in actuality, they were so happy that they found one ounce of flaw in LeBron's character. They were, they were ecstatic. Oh, yeah. ecstatic. One ounce of flaw in LeBron's character and could not wait to exploit it. Made t-shirts of the man. Made memes of the man. Drug his name so crazy because other than this, you can't name one thing that LeBron has been out of bounds with. Not one thing and people couldn't wait which, to get their hands on it. Which is why eventually in a year, however long it is, this will blow over. He will be remembered as, you know, more than an athlete and all those great things I think will prevail. Alright, so to just end on a high note here, we as Americans are very fortunate enough to live in a government of possibility. Uh, the American government, which, may I remind you, is not authoritarian run. Uh, whether you agree with our president or not, guess what? You better be thankful you live where you do and you have the privilege to even have a platform to speak your mind. Very That's true. all. That's Very all I want to say. Okay, moving on. Changing the tone of my voice. We're going <laughs> to move on to speaking facts. Eagles head coach Doug Peterson said, we're going down to Dallas and we're going to win the football game. And when we do, we're in first place in the NFC East. Is he speaking facts? Hell yeah, baby. Yeah, whatever. I knew whatever. Like, what, nah, what I, mean, what no, I no, expect no. you were going to say. Uh, that, that, that's my fan reaction. My uh, analytic reaction is that I think it's going to be a very, very tough game. It'll depend on if Amari Cooper plays or Both not. Both teams that, are coming in desperate. Like, let me tell you what. Amari Cooper doesn't play. That really helps the Eagles. We saw what yeah. Stephon Diggs did to the Eagles secondary. Um, I, I just... This is going to be really, really important down the line. So expect a playoff atmosphere in mm -hmm. Dallas. It's just as important for them as it is for us. They're coming off a bad yeah, loss. Both, uh, both the Eagles are coming off a bad loss. Yeah, both teams come in with a huge sense of urgency because both teams up to this point have been looking. Say it with me, Jake. Say it with Shaky, Shaky baby. baby. No, 100%. Like Eagles both teams. Oh, my God. I love you want to punch, punch you in the face every time you <laughs> that. <laughs> that, that it's working. <laughs> Moving on. Tobias Harris said, I think in a couple years, sleep deprivation will be an issue that's talked about, like the NFL with concussions. Is he speaking facts? 
I get what he's saying that you know the NBA kind of has a, a rigorous schedule. Players are flying all over the place, playing a lot of games in a short amount of time. But with that being said, the NBA probably has the most player-friendly schedule and situation of of the major sports. Maybe maybe not the NFL. You play one game a week, but you still got players going on a short week, playing on Thursday, then having to turn around and play the next week, playing games on Monday nights. You don't nearly take the physical abuse that you take in basketball, that you take in football. And the NBA is actually lessened the amount of back-to-back games. It's been a huge point of emphasis for them. They've lessened the amount of back-to-back games that teams play. So, I mean, I, I guess people are always going. I don't want to say that Tobias Harris doesn't have a point because he does. Um, but I think with with any organization, with any method, you're Someone's going to find a flaw in it. Someone's going to find a, a thing that they don't like. And I think at some point you're like you're you're nitpicking a little bit because if you're going to be a professional athlete, like you're going to put your body to test well, that only one percent of the population can do. That's why you're a professional. It's athlete. also like the NFL with concussions, you know, that ends lives. That's causes CTE, which you know drives people insane. Oh, you're tired, Tobias. Well, at the same, <laughs> but in, in the same <laughs> breath, I don't play in the NBA. Right, I have right. no concept of what that rigorous schedule is or isn't like. So. I'll give Tobias the benefit of the doubt. Um, I, I knew it was a big article that was written about it. I didn't get a chance to read it. I'm sure they have supporting right. arguments when I, from when other When I make NBA the players. joke, I don't mean to, to demean his point at all. That was me just trying to be funny. And I do, I do think he has somewhat of a point, but at the same time, you bring up that complaint, and then the question is, okay, so what do you want to do about it? How do you fix it? Right. Do you want to make take the some more ambient on the plane? Yeah. Huh? Do you want to? Be, it's either shorten the NBA season and keep it the same amount of time, so you can spread the games out, so you're only playing two games a week, or you make the NBA season go into freaking August. Like I don't, right. yeah. I don't understand what tough you fix. what you want. Tough. It's a tough fix. Last but not least, Lonzo Ball said Lamelo has a chance to be a better player than me for sure. I did speaking fast. I did a 180 on Lamelo. Yeah, you did. I, I, I yeah, was, you did. I was definitely a ball hater, even with Lonzo a little bit, who I think he has proven that if he can shoot a jumper, he'll be a good yes. NBA player. But Lamelo, what he's doing against professionals, like that, that, he it's did it since 16. It's important to be stated, like he did it The same 16. reason Luka Doncic had a lot of hype should be the same reason that Lamelo, Lamelo Ball is going to get a lot to of good him, Thank you. Um, Talk be, to him. What he's doing right now is incredibly uh, impressive down there in Australia. And here's the thing. People didn't like Lonzo and LaMelo because of their father. There is nothing that Lonzo and LaMelo... His father's a jackass. (laughs) But there's nothing that Lonzo and LaMelo ever did to make people dislike them, especially on the basketball court. They've never been out of bounds whatsoever. And if you look at the last three, four years of LaMelo Ball's life, he's he's gone from Chino Hills to Lithuania to Ohio to Australia. He's been in a different spot every single year. And as a 16-year-old, like, those are pivotal years to just move all around the globe like that. You know what I mean? To move all around the globe like that and have no say in it. He's never once complained. He's never once done anything to land himself in any kind of trouble. He laces up his kicks and just beats whoever's in front of him every single time. Like, I have so much respect for LaMelo Ball, and I think stuff like this is going to be the reason he succeeds in the NBA, not just on his talent alone is because say he gets traded, say he gets moved, he's going to be able to pick it up and and keep it professional wherever he goes and just ball out, like just ball. Right, yep. his background kind of uh, goes in line with his adaptability yeah. when he's moving from team to team, and I think that says a lot. You so. know what I mean? Good for him. Uh, moving to the countdown, number five. The number of players previously who had scored 700-plus career goals, that's uh, Romario, Yosef Baikan, Gerard Mueller, Pele, and 
Ferenc Puskas. So there's a, like a 100% I chance I just mangled Man, someone's name. <laughs> um, but now you can also add Cristiano Ronaldo to that list. Look, I mean, he's been one of the most dynamic soccer players ever. Um, no no way fans or butts about that. An elite company right now. And he's had just a, a, a tremendous career. Look, I'm not going to... Obviously, I'm on the messy side of that side of that debate, but I'm gonna save that. Not gonna say anything bad about Cristiano Ronaldo. He's absolutely world class soccer player. Yep. Number four. Number four. The number of consecutive wins for the Nats in the NLCS, bringing them to their first World Series in franchise history. I am baffled at the fact that the Nationals not only made the World Series but commanded that NLCS and got there. Let's remember, they were 19-31 and 31 at the end of May. <laughs> That's so crazy. I mean, look, baseball is a game of runs. It's a well, Basketball is truly the game of runs. But in terms of getting hot at the right momentum, time. Momentum can do so much for you. And the na- it seems like it's a Nationals year. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I, want, I really want a Nationals-Astros World Series. I want to see those two pitching rotations go together. The Nationals dominant, had an yeah. unbelievable pitching performance in that, in that CS. Yep. Number three. The number of quarterbacks to rush for... Over 150 yards in a game in the Super Bowl era. That's Mike Vick, Colin Kaepernick, and now Lamar Jackson. Uh, he's proven to be pretty amazing in that offense this yeah. year. And I know this is supposed to be a Lamar Jackson highlight, but let's not all gloss over the fact that Colin Kaepernick is in that stat. Colin Kaepernick should be on an NFL team. I had him in fantasy when he did that, too. Big ups to Colin Kaepernick for Big that Big ups, Cap. Thank you. Just want to say this is for regular season. McNabb at 150 in a playoff game. Wow, look at that. The van. God, yawn. Dono. Number two. The number of players to have multiple walk-off hits against the same opponent in MLB postseason history. That's David Ortiz and Carlos Correa, uh, who had his walk-off against the Yankees in Game 2, uh, and also had his walk-off double last year in the Yankee against the Yankees. Um, or, no, I'm sorry, two years ago in the World Series run against the Yankees in ALCS. Um I mean, look, that's a clutch man right there. And someone who was struggling a little bit, too, in these playoffs. And Carlos Correa just really got to go against the Yankees a big hit. Yeah, two players that the Yankees don't like too much, huh? David Ortiz yeah. Carlos Correa. Bring it down to number one. The number of quarterbacks in NFL history to win their first five games without throwing an nutty? interception. Ain't this nutty? That would be Kyle Allen. It is nutty. It's funny because, uh, again, on Home and Home Radio.com, we had a, had on Jordan Palmer. He is the brother of Carson Palmer. He trains with the top quarterback prospects each year. The year that Kyle Allen came out, he was in a workout with Sam Darnold and Josh Allen. And it was Kyle Allen, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold. Jordan Palmer said that Kyle Allen was the best guy out of that group. It doesn't surprise him that he's doing well. So, uh, hey, a good for Kyle yeah, Allen. It helps when you have Christian McCaffrey putting up 180 scrimmage yards a, bit, a yep, game. Yep, it definitely helps, helps, a, helps a lot. Um, ups to Kyle Allen. He's got Cam Newton on the trading block right now. Like, that's, that takes a lot to do that. Um, but that we're almost out of time. We can get the shots up at the buzzer. Actually, before we go to at the buzzer, I want to bring it back to last week. You weren't here, Jake. I'm mm-hmm. sure you listened to this. We went to At The Buzzer, and for the first time in Straight Facts history, I got declined in At The Buzzer. Matt declined to I do it At The Buzzer. Yeah, Matt. I, I took it very personally, Jake. I did I not like that. You. I did not like that. Jewel, do you have anything to say at The Buzzer? I do. I hope to God you all follow me on Snapchat at this point. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, we do. do. Unfortunately, we do. Unfortunately, I'm entertaining as hell. Back <laughs> off. Uh, so I put up a picture the other day of a, a girl I came across from L.A. who essentially is a dog broker. What do I mean by this? What do she, you mean by this? She buys dogs off of Craigslist. 
and resells them to the she flips she flips the, the dogs she's the wealthy and rich in LA and she sells them for triple or quadruple the price oh, and shit. that's his entire oh, she makes a buck business a how strategic and genius is that no she hit a lick off dogs isn't that dope she, as long as she does it humane and doesn't hurt the dogs in any way I don't think I could do it because I get too I, I attachment issues of course I, 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 I have a house full of dogs yeah. but she does it in a in a humane way right like she Absolutely. doesn't it doesn't hurt Absolutely. the dogs at all no. she's a freaking genius what she does it by herself too it's like she doesn't have a team or nothing that's pretty smart <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you could move to LA and do anything. Move to that LA just, and you live can in a world of make money on anything. Move out there without a job and you'll just figure something out. You just, out just figure there. it out. I've known like five people who have done For real, for real. Jake, anything to say to the buzzer? Um, n- other than like, I, I, you I'm almost very, said no. No, no, no. no. I, almost <laughs> said, I didn't say no. I, it's just, I want to see. I, have, I haven't seen it yet. I don't know if either of you have seen it. The Joker movie. Yeah, I've heard great things. I've heard great things. Have either of you I've seen it? I've heard mixed things. You, you both heard so great. I've heard one bad review from somebody. I'm going to have to go see it. I rarely, like, uh, about me, I rarely go into the movies to see a movie. I almost always either find it via, uh, like, yeah, a It's who you are, or, like, I just fundamentally. Don't do it. I just don't do it. So <laughs> I probably will go see the Joker movie at some point with my girlfriend. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I haven't been excited for a movie in a while, and that seems to be a good one. Yeah, so. that, me too. And it's funny because I don't really like DC movies. Like, D, besides Dark Knight Rises, like, DC kind of has let me down in movies. There's nowhere They're nowhere near Marvel, but... I heard Joaquin Phoenix did an amazing job, yep. and I mean, you just—if you're any kind of superhero fan, then you got to see the Joker, Joker's origin story. Yeah, that's what I said. Is oh, uh, right before we end, I just want to throw out there: Heath Ledger will forever and always be the best Joker. Okay, pro- yeah, 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 probably. We'll but I mean, Joaquin Phoenix doesn't doesn't do a good job. I'll go no, I'm not hating know. on him, but <laughs> Heath Ledger's just the best. Joaquin Phoenix could be the Michael Jordan of Jokers. Second best. Think you best. Than I think he's Davis. smoking oh, high. <laughs> great. You great guys love having Matt. a female on Great find, Matt. Didn't let her get away. Matt knew that from the jump. Um, <laughs> he read right between the lines. Yeah, right there, between it. Look, I thought she was going on actor performance. I now. was. Listen, listen. My at the buzzer uh, has to do with something that we're all really, uh, really familiar with, and that's chasing a dream so uh jake one of our good friends jake noaker uh has a short film coming out it's called behind the counter mm-hmm. he actually shot it at your old place of business Crestus, Crestus, baby. shout out uh staple of phoenixville um jake actually came to me the uh the other week and was just talking to me about you know what it took to to really get this movie off the ground all the people he had to to really hit up the team he had to put together the equipment the time it took the money energy all that um and he came to me because he knows that you know me and you and joe and matt work very hard at chasing our dream and just kind of wanted to bounce ideas off of it and i got really inspired by some of the things that jake was telling me how hard that he's working how much he's dedicating uh to really becoming you know a really good movie director and filmmaker and jake one if you're listening i can't wait to see this short film um i can already tell it's going to be good just by the vision he has and, and how much he's outpouring with it. And anybody out there that's listening, um, if you're really wanting to go, you know, chase a dream, if you really have something that you're passionate about and want to do, like go do it. Don't let anybody stop you. Don't let anything get in your way by any means necessary, really. We're like the hallmark of that, getting it done by any means necessary. Uh, you know, and, and Jake, shout out to you, man. I, I'm sure behind the counter is going to be very good. Whenever it drops, I'm there to see it wherever. Yep. Um, but that's all the time we have for this episode of Straight Facts. It was a good one. Big ups to Greg Barron, Kyle Sobieski, and Stat Matt Robinson behind the camera for my partner, Jewel Schmidt. It's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. To my right-hand man, Jake Galley. I'm James Jackson. These have been the facts. Straight up. Straight up.